All right, and uh, welcome to another guest here. I stay tuned with Troy and Howie, and uh, she's a, a bit of a, a local uh, singer, as uh, we were just discussing earlier. She's from the same county as us, but now lives, guess what? Yeah, exactly. Guess what? In Nashville, like every one of our <laughs> other guests that we have on here. And uh, But uh, we're speaking with Olivia Farabaugh. So welcome, Olivia. Oh, thank you guys so much for having me. I'm really excited. This is going to be fun. Awesome. Yeah, this is going to be a great time. Really appreciate having you on. Let me get over your social media stuff here real quick before we kind of dig into things. Uh, you can find her on Facebook, obviously, by searching her name. Her Instagram is Olivia Faribault Official. TikTok is Olivia Faribault. You can find her on Twitter, uh, Faribault Music. And then her website, which will take you around to all these other things in a roundabout way, is oliviafaribault.com. So thanks again, Olivia. Really appreciate it. Yes. Thanks for sharing those. Sure. Absolutely. First of all, are you sitting inside your tiny house? I am. Tell me, you got to tell me more about this. Welcome to our home. <laughs> Reach both ends of the wall. That's what right, I'm Right. I can touch both sides. <laughs> uh, what, so, what is this? What is this all about? This Yeah. I want to hear yeah. more about it. So we actually just put up a, a tiny house walkthrough little tour. So if you guys want to like get a full blown tour, you can check it out. It's on YouTube. Um, my husband and I have a lot of fun making those videos. So, um, <laughs> But yeah, so the idea of this actually came from uh, the chronic inflammatory response syndrome. Um, oh, I hope I'm go. still here. You're still there. Am You're I still here? there. Yeah, okay. you're still there. <laughs> Let me make sure I plug my phone in. It gave me a 10%. <laughs> oh, no. That would not be good. No. So the, the idea and the reasoning behind the tiny house came from uh, my diagnosis with chronic inflammatory response syndrome that I'm sure we'll get into a little bit later too. Yeah, but sure. um, so it made it really difficult with being so sensitive to my environment to find a place that was free of any water damage and potential mold oh. exposure. Mm. So yeah, it was, it's kind of interesting to navigate. And a lot of the newer places that they're building are incredibly beautiful, but they're very expensive. <laughs> so sure. we figured like the best way that we could control the environment that I'm in and to be the most affordable was to build a tiny house. Mm -hmm. um, so we're renting land from this super nice farmer um, right outside of Nashville, and that's where we're at. <laughs> that is awesome. So, so do you have to get like a a well set up, or how? Like, what's all involved in that? Like sewer, well. Um, yeah. So okay. we actually really lucked out because these these guys, this farmer, he had this idea already to put like a spot for people to either come and camp or whatever it may be. He's like, we have this spot like right along the field and it wasn't getting any use. So we figured that they would. So it was totally a God thing because we were searching for land forever. Like we were trying to buy land and like all the code restrictions were holding us back. And it just like popped up on Instagram and it said, rent your land on hip camp. I'm like, what? The amount of times I've Googled like renting land, buying land, like nothing came up. So yeah. we ended up getting in contact with this guy and he said, hey, we're putting two sites on this farm right down the road and they're opening up in May and it was perfect. We already had a trip planned in May. Like it was the most incredible um, situation and um, it's everything we, we could have uh, um, imagined and asked for because we were like, you know, if we could choose 
it would be like next to farm and maybe there'd be some wildlife and like and yep. like the first night we were here we opened up the window and there was a big buck right outside our window and nice. we're like wow. what the heck so awesome. long story long they already had it all done um so <laughs> so we didn't have to yeah. worry about that thank god that so is so cool yeah and, and you mentioned you're married and uh is your husband from this central pennsylvania area or yes yeah he's from the york area he's from dover is his oh, hometown okay nice yeah how'd you guys meet <laughs> so funny story um uh -oh. tinder <laughs> oh wow <laughs> And I said, I was going on a date with this guy I met on there and I was yeah. working at the salon. I was a hairstylist at the time. And all the girls were like, Olivia, do not go on that date. That has such a bad reputation. You can't do it. And so I texted him. I'm like, listen, I didn't realize the reputation that this had. Like, yeah. that's not what I'm here for. And it obviously it worked out. Everything was good. But <laughs> I always hesitate when I say that because people are like, well, you were on Yeah, right. <laughs> what? Oh, well, I don't. I don't know that it. I don't know that when Tinder started, it was originally that way. But somehow or another, it kind of went down the, the wrong path. <laughs> yeah. <after. laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, it you know, that's pretty much any. Went down that road. Yeah, pretty much any social media hookup site can go bad or good. I guess you can say. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> um, so, so I, I guess this would be a good time to, to step into this, since you mentioned it. The, the chronic inflammatory response syndrome. Um, that's new to me. So kind of give us a little background and, and what is this and kind of what triggers it and what happens when you have, um, you know, a, a, an episode, episode I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I appreciate you asking about it and bringing it up because it's definitely something that I, I really feel a, a pull to raise awareness for because it's still really not known in the medical community um, let alone like to the public. So um, unfortunately, I moved into a apartment that was <laughs> like had very high levels of black mold that mm. we didn't know about for a long time until my health started to, I guess, deteriorate in a way. So I was getting um, strep throat all the time and mm. antibiotics would fail. So I got tonsillectomy and then it went into my sinuses and I ended up I had sinus surgery I was like on a pick line for antibiotics got blood clots like all these weird things that didn't make any sense and all the doctors I used to get so annoyed because they're like you're young and healthy we don't really know why this is happening and I'm like well I'm obviously like something's yeah. going on yeah. Yeah. So right they, yeah like they just kind of like raised their hand they're like I don't know what to do for you now you know right. so we ended up, my mom actually, shout out Joan, <laughs> Mama Joan, she, <laughs> she figured out, she's like, Olivia, you know, once you moved into that house is when you got sick. Like that's when this whole thing started. So we got an air quality test done and that's when it came back that it was like 10 different types of mold and the highest one was this black mold. Mm. And sure enough, we had, you know, my dad and, and my now husband, went through and looked in the attic and it was a crawl space attic. It was so creepy. So we always joked about like, Oh, don't go up there. Cause there's like a dead body. Like, so mm -hmm. we just never went up, but here that's where it was. So the whole wow. attic was just covered. And um, so we had this, this really great guy, the company actually 
they separated into two entities, but it was it was called Country Boy Restoration. And he was very informative and he was great. But he said, you know, you're probably gonna have to throw away a lot of your stuff. And unfortunately, we did because we started like lifting up like our bed, like the, oh. the frame had mold spores, like mold growing on the bottom. Oh my gosh. It was in like, I was there for two years. And so within that two year period is when that started. And yeah. like, it was just so um, disturbing. So anyway, my husband, he was there. I don't know how long he, maybe he was there for like a year, but he was fine. Huh. He was totally fine. Um, so they thought, you know, whenever you're out of the environment, you're, you're going to be fine. You're going to get better. Yeah. And I, I didn't, I just, I kept staying with this, the same symptoms. And the best way that I can describe it is kind of like the feeling of like, when you know, you're starting to get sick, like the day before you get the flu full bore, mm -hmm. like you're really mm -hmm. like, you're kind of throbbing and lethargic and your brain's just not like hundred percent with it. And so it's kind of just this, that's how it was for me. Now, a yeah. lot of people, it comes out in different ways, but so anyway, I wasn't getting better. And we finally found this doctor who specialized in mold. So we're like, perfect, you know? So I was properly diagnosed with chronic inflammatory response syndrome, CIRS or SIRS for short. And um, so 24% of people have this gene. Oh, that wow. lays dormant in their bodies and they could go their whole lives without knowing but if they encounter this perfect storm of exposure it will activate this gene and then their body's not able to process out toxins as it normally would so <laughs> normally it will just bind in your gut and then get discarded <laughs> but this now it recirculates and then it causes your immune system to just like send off all these inflammatory markers and kind of attack itself in a sense. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's kind of um, where I was at. Now I've been really blessed with um, finding a doctor who was able to treat it properly. And I'm in like the last step of the treatment process, but it's something now I'm going to have to monitor, you know, my whole life, like what buildings I go into. And I've noticed now that I'm starting to feel better. If I go into a building, even like family members' houses, if we know that they've had, you know, issues with water damage or something, mm -hmm. um, I've been in there for an hour and then I start feeling the symptoms come on of the throbbing and the oh, headache. Wow. So yeah, it, it's been really interesting to navigate, but, you know, thank God for technology too. Cause you know, there's this mask I can wear that can help. And also mm -hmm. an ionizer that I can wear around my neck that can help just clean the air around me a little bit. Right. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's, and that's actually what I wear on stage. Like, I don't know if you ever see like a Facebook live or a video, but like, it's this little like rectangle. It's not a cute looking necklace, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'll work it, it's fine. I was gonna say, um, I, I didn't notice that. I, actually, I'm looking at it now, but it actually oh, yeah. does look like a necklace. Yeah, it does. I was like, man, I wish they put like, like rhinestones on it or something. <laughs> well, sure. can't, you, can, can't you do something to, to spice it up a little? Yeah, I get those little bling kits and just put stickers or something, <laughs> like little rhinestone stickers What, 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 what yeah. were they called? Bedazz bedazzled or something. Oh, bedazzled, there you yes, go. Bedazzle it. So, so with having with having SIRS, how does that affect you in regards to like COVID? And uh, are, is your immune system compromised as a result of this 
Yeah. So that was the big thing, especially. So I got diagnosed with this. Um, it started in 2016 when I moved into the house, but I didn't get diagnosed mm-hmm. until November of 2020. Okay. So it was like wow. right in the midst of pandemic. Like, so my husband is actually an ICU nurse. So he is very um, educated in the whole medical side of things, which he mm-hmm. helped translate a lot for me, which is great. Okay. But he was seeing how people's bodies were reacting to COVID. And one of the big things, which I'm sure everybody knows now is like the cytokine storm. I don't think I'm saying that right, but all the inflammatory markers, that's what kind of like attacks the lungs. And Mm -hmm. so my levels, like once I got my, the right um, blood test done showed that those levels were really like elevated already. Mm -hmm. So that explains why I got the blood clot before that no one knew about. And so we were really concerned uh, in the beginning um, before I was in treatment and, and on this kind of path to healing. So now I've gotten the, my levels taken again. And, you know, I'm grateful that those levels have gone down. So we're hoping that if I do get it, that my body's now going to react as just someone like normally would. Um, mm-hmm. But they were actually doing some research with, you know, why some people are so sick and others are barely affected they were looking at like the genes um with associated with SIRS to see if that could be what really brought it on real bad for people so i'm anxious to see where those um where that research kind of goes yeah i said that too and i mean how you and i even talked about this because we we started this podcast right around the beginning of the pandemic as well Mm-hmm. And some of our early conversations were about that. And, and one of the things I remember saying to you, Howie, was it's just so weird with, with uh, the COVID that like some people have it, don't even know they have it or perfectly fine. Some people have it and it's sometimes fatal at this point, you know, yeah. and it's like right. there's got to there's got to be something in those genes or something in the body that just reacts to it totally different. And yeah. it, it, it yeah. has to be. Yeah, I, mean, I totally agree. I mean, that would make so much sense. Like it would kind of give a little bit of reasoning behind it, I guess. I know there is no rhyme or reason because there are people that literally barricade themselves inside their home and still end up getting it. And me personally, I work in a, in an environment where I'm in the ICUs a lot and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, throughout other hospitals and such. And, uh, and I haven't even, I should probably find some wood to knock on, but I haven't got (laughs) anything um, close to what would be considered covid yeah i don't know i just don't and it's like and and you might be one of them lucky people howie where you get covid but you don't even know you had it you had no symptoms you were perfectly fine you know what i mean so it's just a really crazy thing um so with the sirs did obviously you didn't find about this till later in life but as you were growing up and as you were a child did you have a lot of episodes where you were sick a lot growing up and stuff or no actually and it's funny like as we were going through I mean I called all my doctors like childhood doctors I had this whole like medical because we wanted to know that like was there a period in time where I had this happen before and (laughs) I literally have like a timeline of my entire health history from when I was a child to now Mm -hmm. and it's never been like this. And, huh. you know, I, the home, the ch- my childhood home, my parents actually got tested because they wanted to make sure that that was a safe space for me. And mm-hmm. it was fine. Like there was some traces of a little bit that they had just kind of remediated just to be safe, but it really wasn't any sort of high dangerous level of anything. 
So that's what we thought was interesting. And as we started educating ourselves more on SERS, sometimes what it takes is the perfect storm of exposure. Like some people could be exposed to these toxins, mm -hmm. but their body's doing fine. But sometimes it takes a trigger like a traumatic event or a, a car accident or something where huh. it kind of takes a blow to your immune system. And then for some reason that gives this gene enough to activate and, and cause us wow. havoc. Which I know there's so many better people that can explain this better, but that's to my no. understanding kind of what can happen. Yeah, I get it. It's it's like some it's almost like the immune system kind of went to help fight something else. So they're not on guard per se to to block this other stuff coming in and all of a sudden it can sneak in. Like, you know. Yeah, like that's that's probably that makes so much sense too. And we looked back and I actually I got into a car accident like a month after moving into that house. So we're like Oh wow. Oh, that's oh, that, that was probably it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So and as a result of SIRS um, or being diagnosed and knowing it, uh, it looks like you wrote a song kind of addressing it. And uh, yeah, tell us what that's about. I guess it's called Body Will Break. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks sure. so much for bringing that up. Um, this song, like I wanted to write something for so long about the issues that I was having with my health because for a while, I wasn't being super open about it because I didn't really know what was going on. Like, I just kind of thought I was a normal person getting sick, like <laughs> getting sick a lot. Like, so I wasn't really being um, upfront. And so I struggled a lot with like how I wanted to write a song about it. And it just kind of hit me that it shouldn't necessarily be about the CIRS, like necessarily and about my physical struggles but more the relationship between my mind and body that's come from these issues. And cause for so long, I mean, I still struggle with like, whenever I'd have a, when I flare up or a, a bad day, I'm like, gosh, darn it. I thought we were past this. Like, I still feel that like frustration. Oh, yeah. And so, but, but for a while that was something I was like working on like all the time. And, and I wrote this song body will break. And after releasing it, and, and even before I was playing it to some of my family, and it was really interesting to hear how it related to other people in different ways. And like my sister, it was, it was really cool. because she, she just had a baby not too long after I wrote this song. Okay. And to her, it was kind of re-accepting um, re her body and how it's changed and, and loving it for everything it is in the way of, I mean, her body went through this incredible miracle of bearing a child. And so it was just really cool, like how, how it affects people in different ways. Yeah. Howie, you don't know anything about different interpretations <laughs> of the songs, do you? <laughs> no, no, we just had um, uh, Jeremy Rowe. Jeremy Rowe on, uh, who actually has written, you know, has sung a song that's top 15 in uh, iTunes charts and, and he wrote Taylor Marie Wagner. And, uh, and by the way, Taylor so Marie cool. Wagner co-wrote it. And um, so cool. anyway, um, you know, I was I was telling him about this interpretation of uh, the song that he was singing. And I'm like, isn't that what you meant by by uh, this song? And he looked at me and was like, uh, no, I didn't. Mean I said, well, you know what? You need to listen to it because, um, you know, and then I played it while we were talking to him. And as he's listening to it, He's like, oh my gosh, I can now hear it, you know. That <laughs> is so cool. Because yeah, yeah it's called Cheap Girl, and he was like trying to, you know, 
And I said, this song isn't about a girl, is it? It's about a Jeep. And then he goes, no, it's actually about a girl. And I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> so, but that's so, interesting though. Like in your case, even like, you know, you're writing a song about sir. So I'm assuming you don't specifically mention sirs in the song. No, I don't actually. Okay. Um, yeah. So I wanted it to be like really relatable to, you know, anyone who's listening. And I think that's, it's so cool that you said that though, because I feel like that's the beauty of music, really. Yep. Like when you write a song, you know, you can mean it one way of like, so, and then someone take it totally different, but it was meaningful to exactly what they needed at that exact time. Oh, and yeah. I, yep. I think that's the coolest thing about music. Yeah. And I, and I think, and how you brought this up at one point too, like it, it always seems to happen so much when there's like a heartbreak or a loss involved. Cause it seems like every song that comes on the radio, when it's a slow song or a sad song, yeah. it always relates to you somehow. Like, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, this is so about me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so I guess let's kind of jump back a little bit and let me kind of go over your social media here again, real quick. Um, uh, it's Olivia Faribault official on Instagram, Olivia Faribault on TikTok. Obviously, you can find her on YouTube and Facebook by just searching her name. And then on Twitter, it's Faribault Music. And her website is oliviafaribault.com. So you grew up in Palmyra. Is that where you were born and raised pretty much your whole life? And yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, that's, I'm a that's Palmyra. Palmyra. Yeah. Palmyra, Palmyra Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, outside of Hershey. Yep. Yeah. The neighbor of Hershey. Go Cougars. <laughs> <laughs> so when when did music like come into your life? Like how did that all kind of get started for you? Yeah, I I think music has always been just a part of me, but the the main things I can remember, I mean, I grew up singing in the church choir. And mm -hmm. so that was at that point, honestly, I didn't love singing like I don't know I was just like there because it was like the fun thing to do and like you got to meet a lot of people <laughs> but like <laughs> I liked it you know but it wasn't something at that point I was like that's what I want to do but whenever I picked up the guitar that's when mm. I was like this music thing's really cool you know that's so awesome. um I was in fourth grade it was the summer going into fourth grade is when I um picked up the guitar and songwriting just kind of came with it um, and the songs have gotten a lot better since then, thank God. But <laughs> where can we find those four-year-old songs? <laughs> no, fourth grade, fourth grade, uh, fourth grade. I'm sorry. I hope they never. Stop <laughs> My mom probably has them hidden somewhere, and oh. she's just waiting to whip them out. If you're <laughs> listening out there, mom, my email is. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's awesome. The how, the guitar thing, like. Was it just kind of something you always wanted to try and then finally asked the parents to go ahead and see if you could do it? Or did somebody kind of let you play around on it? And you're like, oh, that's cool. I want to learn more about it. How, how did the guitar thing start for you? Yeah. So when I was really little, I tried to play the piano and that didn't really work out because it was too structured. I didn't want to learn theory. I just wanted to play. And mm -hmm. so I kind of was like not into that. And I knew I wanted to maybe play an instrument because I liked the idea of it, you know, mm -hmm. but I was at my cousin's house and she had a guitar just sitting in her room behind her door. And so I just picked it up and sat on her bed and I was like, I want to figure out how to do this. Like, this seems fun. You know, my uncle, he had came home and was playing it. I'm like, this, this could be cool. So <laughs> I, uh, like I started messing around with theirs a little bit. And I said to my parents, I, I really want a guitar. I want to do this. And so 
they finally for my birthday they got me a guitar and they have a video of it i was like i was such a little drama queen i'm crying i'm like yes yes like i was so excited so to this day that's probably your still favorite gift ever huh oh yeah like that that was the most life-changing gift that i ever could have gotten and i didn't even realize that at the time you know oh that is so cool that is that's a cool thing i also heard that uh you had an internship with uh, one of the local radio stations out here uh, was it 1067 yes yes that's with puff and steph where i steph's an incredible i'm so glad puff brought us together it was awesome Okay, yeah, because Troy and I both also worked local radio here. Um, uh, not not the same station, but we were at uh, WQIC and one hundred point one. Yeah, and also WLBR here in Lebanon. No uh, way. Yeah, I worked there for eighteen <laughs> so years. Cool. Troy worked there for a few years. And, yep. Uh, no so way. That's how we met. <laughs> I was gonna say, is that what brought you guys together? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we wanted to start. We were trying to get uh, the ownership to have us have our own little show there at one point and they're such a conservative station it didn't stand the chance but we at least went to him and asked him about it right and it, it never yeah. panned out and uh about 18 years later or so we decided <laughs> to start a podcast so. yeah it's like yeah let's give this a shot see what happens we know what podcasts are such a big thing right now too and yeah. it's it you know radio is changing for sure but podcasts like you can do what you want it's your show and, and create yeah, it right. the way that you want to yeah. A lot cheaper than owning so, your own radio station. That's for sure. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so as you're growing up, uh, when do you start getting into um, playing shows and stuff? Like when did that all start? Yeah. So the first time I ever played a show was at three J's coffee shop. So yep. Paul Myra, shout out to them. Um, they had like their open mic nights. And so I mm -hmm. went, that was the first time I, really played in front of anybody. And then, um, like I said before, I was um, a hairstylist at a salon. I think I mentioned that before, but did if it, I didn't, did I was a hairstylist at a salon at U-Turn, shout out to U-Turn. Um, <laughs> and one of the co-workers, I'm shouting out to everyone. One of That's the cool. co-workers, um, the stylist there, he knew um, the owner of Babes in Palmyra. The, oh yeah, the yep. So, yep. Yeah, so at that point, I was, I think, 18. I was just out of high school. I never played like my own gig, especially at a bar. Like I've never yeah. done that. And I remember like, I think I just played for tips maybe. I mean, maybe they pay me like 50 bucks. I can't totally remember, but I just remember that the stylist at the salon, he took my tip jar and he passed it around to the whole bar. And I, I came home and I looked at my tip jar and I like, counted the money and I'm like thinking I can make money doing this <laughs> I'm like this was so much fun like I was not working I was just playing the songs that I play in my bedroom just to people yep. like how cool yep. and that's when like I was like I gotta do this so I went I took little business cards and like a little demo cd and I went up and down chocolate avenue and Hershey just handed my cd out and you know I just had a fire under me at that point I'm oh, like this is awesome. cool <laughs> so so we're we're about what year here now when when this takes place yeah so that was to that well it was probably 2013 or 14 Okay. Probably okay. 13, because I think it was the summer I graduated, summer after I graduated. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So then, so then how far down the road, I, I seen that you, um, well, we can jump into it right now. You were on season 10 of The Voice. 
So yeah. what, what, what year was that? So that was, I was 20. So I guess that would have been 2000. Yeah. Yeah. 2015. I think that, yes, that would have been 2015. Cause then I moved okay. out and moved into that house in 2016. So yes, that was such a cool experience. And like, yeah, let's, like, let's hear about it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, uh, and who, who prompted who, or did you decide for yourself? Like, you know what, I'm going to try for this. Yeah, I actually tried a couple times. I tried two times and I didn't make it uh, like mm -hmm. past the open calls. Okay. And I got an email. I had my music on Reverb Nation for a while. And mm -hmm. it was actually my first EP called Prisoner of War. And I sound like a very little version of me. <laughs> but <laughs> I think it's still out in the universe. I but, think it is. I think I saw it when I was looking on Spotify and stuff. Oh yeah. yeah. It it's really funny to like listen to that one and then listen to my latest one, uh Your Heart of Gold, and like just yep. compare. It's really cool to, to see the growth more or less. Sure, but sure. They they've heard the prisoner war EP and they're like, hey, you know, they sent me an email. I was like, hey, we'd love to invite you to a private audition. And I thought it was a scam. I was like, oh. I'm like, I didn't even answer like for a day. And then I just mentioned it to my mom. I was like, yeah, I got this email. I said, I'm pretty sure it's a scam. I don't know. And she was like, why don't you just email them back? Like, if it's a scam, <laughs> then you'll fi you'll figure it out later. You know? Yeah. Okay. So I emailed them, and I'm glad I did because it sure enough was legit. And um, the first private audition was in Times Square of New York. It was oh, wow. like, it was like right off of Times Square, and it was this unmarked door like this just like it was cut out of like the wall there wasn't even a door you go back this hallway and then the door was it my dad was there with me he's like you are not going in there <laughs> so, he like parked the car and he was like i'm going in with you so we went in. i'm so glad you know because like it was freaky until you got in and then you saw like okay the voice like tags like okay yeah, yeah. but that had to be you know. scary because you're like this doesn't seem legit to me <laughs> Like all of a sudden, I'm like, it is a scam. I knew yeah. It. <laughs> oh wow! So you yeah, go to the doors. What? So when you get when you get in there, they just kind of have like screeners and such, like that kind of listen to you. And I, I mean, what's that process like? Yeah. So I stood in a line just of a, a bunch of different artists. Then and you go in and you sing um, three different songs. And because it was a private audition, I was able to have my guitar with me, which was really cool. Okay. And I had to sing one song with just a backing track. So I I can't even remember what song. I think I did like a Megan Trainer song. And like, mm -hmm. it was like, I it was so fun. But yeah. so I went in, I did those. And then you then could go to the next level, I guess. So if they liked that, what they heard, then you went for a casting interview. And then they pretty much asked you every single thing about your life. Um, so from there, they said, okay, we'll let you know if, if we want to have a call back and we want to hear you again. So mm -hmm. I was really fortunate. They had called me and um, then they actually flew you out to LA for three days. Oh, cool. And so, yeah, it was so cool. And like, I mean, I'd never been to California and that's still the, you know, this experience was the only time I've been there, but mm -hmm. you don't really get to experience it too much because you're sure. sequestered in a hotel and you're not yep. allowed to leave. <laughs> so You're probably nervous as anything too, because you're like, okay, how am I going to prepare for this? And what am I going to do? 
so true and that yeah. was the first time like i ever flew with my guitar and i had no idea what i was doing <laughs> and i'm like what am i getting myself into and like honestly at that point i was only i was only playing out for like two years like i've been playing and writing for a while but the performance aspect so i walk in there with all these like absolutely incredible artists and i'm like what am I doing here? <laughs> what, what am I doing here? And so I, so I ended up getting through the executive callbacks and it was kind of scary how they did it. Like they literally brought you into two different rooms. They separated the, the crowd of artists and the one room went to the next, to the blinds and the other one got sent home. So I'm just glad I was in the room I was in because <laughs> it led to just an awesome adventure, but oh, yeah. um yeah, it was so cool. So you so got how, to actually meet the uh, judges then? Yeah, so. And I um, saw that they didn't turn their chairs around, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, but, but they did Losers. eventually when you were, yeah, exactly. That's their loss. Yeah. But yeah. when they did finally turn around to meet you, what did you, what kind of uh, critiques and, and um, things did you hear from them? And, and what do you remember from each one? Yeah, that's like one of the, the most interesting moments because I had so much adrenaline going and all I was like I was like shaking there with my microphone I'm like thank you thank you I'm like stop saying thank you it's like all that was coming out of my mouth it was like gratitude I guess that's yeah. good but you know so it was Blake Farrell Christina and um Maroon 5 Adam Levine okay and it was funny when they all like then at the end they all turn their chairs and the first thing I remember thinking, Christina is, you know, she's glam on glam. She's like yeah. so beautiful, but she had so much makeup on and in such an awesome way, like it was so perfectly done, but she had so much glitter on her eyes. And all I could think of was like, look at your eyes. Like that's all <laughs> I could think of when they turned. And then Adam Levine at that point, he had his hair bleached. So yeah. it was just like, it totally threw me off. Like I have these like beautifully like glammed eyes and then like this like <laughs> hair that's, so that, like honestly, that was the first thing I thought of when they turned the end, which is so weird, I guess. But, you know, Pharrell out of all of them, really, I, I so appreciated his feedback because it was very like specifically for what he heard. I mean, he dialed it down to, okay, this is what, you know, I heard in the beginning, these are the vocal warmups I think that you should do to help gain control. And it was just like, like breath support. Like he was talking about all these things that I never went to a vocal coach before. Like mm -hmm. I, I never did a vocal warmup until this like situation, until this experience, mm -hmm. I just didn't know these things. I just kind of saying what I heard and what I liked. <laughs> so yep. I didn't yep. really have any experience with this. So he started going into these things of just like how to build your range and everything. So after that, I went home and I mean, I did it religiously for a year and now I do it like multiple times a week, but I saw such an improvement and such a difference in my voice and strength. I'm like, okay, Pharrell, like, you know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He seems legit, huh? Yeah, it was really cool though. Yeah. Now, did you sing a country song? So it kind of stings because they they make it seem like you pick your own song, but you don't. Uh, so yeah, so they actually they gave me fight song um, by 
Rachel Platten. Yes, thank you. I was gonna say Christina Fair. I'm like, that's not yeah. it, Rachel Platten, <laughs> which is so inspirational. And mm -hmm. I don't quite know why. I'm thinking maybe because it went along with like maybe my story or something. Cause I'm like, why did I wonder why they chose that one? But um, so I wish that I could have done, you know, now looking back, I wish I could have been like, hey, can we switch this? That's a good point. Like, are you allowed to give suggestions or, or was it, did they literally just pick something for you and that's it? Like, yeah. So like when the first process, so you're there for three weeks. And so right when you get there, they give you a list of songs and then you get to like choose, I forget the top, however many, and then mm -hmm. you choose like your, your main one, but that one wasn't on my list. So I don't know kind of where it came from. And I thought about asking and being like, hey, but then rumors started going around with all the artists that, well, if you switch your song, you're gonna get put to the back of the line. So I was so fearful of that. And I ended up being the first person on the first day of auditions. Oh. So I was like, uh. they, they announce you the night before, they're like, okay, these are the people going on this day. And then you find out that next day, um, like what your order is. So I found out I was going the first day and I, I like called my parents. I'm like, I just hope I'm not the first one. Like, I don't <laughs> want to be the first one on the stage. And sure enough, there I am. Oh, <laughs> luck. Of course. Well, and, but... and you know what? And that, and that probably does put you in a bad spot with the judges too, because like, they're, what are the chances they're going to want to turn their chairs for the first voice they hear? You right. Know? Yeah. Like, That's what I was just thinking. Yeah, so it's kind of a bummer because that is something that Adam Levine did say. He was like, I just want to hear like what else is coming. Like, I don't want to fill my, my team yet. And like, yeah. that's kind of one of the things because he was like, oh, there were so many moments. Like I almost like hit it. And I'm like, don't tell me that. Yeah. <laughs> you change your song. <laughs> but, um, you know, it was it was really cool. And I have to say, though, I'm so glad I was just able to step on the stage because there was 96 of us that were chosen for the blinds and were there for the three weeks and prepared, but mm -hmm. only 76 got to audition because the oh. team filled up. So like my one friend, Chris Colston, who is an incredible artist now, you know, he was the next person to step on the stage. Yeah, uh. completely ready. And the team's filled up and they were like, Sorry. oh, no. So he's not even allowed to like they didn't even send him an I auditioned like there was right. he couldn't he couldn't even talk about that time, you know. Uh, so that kind of stunk for him. Yeah, but overall the experience was like nothing I've ever experienced before. And you know, for a while, like I wasn't allowed to say a lot of things, but now I think it's been five years I'm allowed to say I, I um didn't pick my own song. <laughs> I think you're at that point now. Who knows? I might get sued or something. Sorry. <laughs> oh, I doubt it. I doubt you know? it. Um, what do you, is that still a song that you use in your set list at all to this day now or no? I don't. I, okay. I like it. I have had people request it, not knowing they didn't know that that was my audition song, oh, but okay. I've had people request it just because that was such a popular song for a while. And I honestly had like bitter feelings towards it. For a very long time. I bet. I bet. Yeah. Did, did, yeah. Did I, excuse our ignorance on this question, but did, did you actually make it to television at all on that? Or? No, I didn't. Okay. Unfortunately. So that was another thing that was a bit of a bummer is they were like, okay, you know, we're going to air who all these people, all these people. And they said, but watch, you know, make sure you watch because you might be aired. Mm -hmm. And um, then we watched 
And I'm like, okay, oh. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. there's a there's ratings, but you're not going to be on. Don't worry about it. Yes, but <laughs> it makes so much sense because I got my family, I got all my friends. Like, half yeah. the town of Palmyra was watching. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Of course. No wonder the ratings are so yeah. high, right? But yeah, and then and then they're and they're like, "Were you really out there on this show?" <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, look at them making me look like a liar. I'm like, thank God I took a lot of pictures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, speaking of covers here, real quick, there's another one I heard. You did a cover of "In the Air" tonight. Yeah. Um, what kind of inspired that? You wanting to cover that? Where, where did that come yeah. from? So that's actually. That's a funny story. So I recorded that EP and all my other P EPs, except for um, the one I recorded here in Nashville, I recorded at the green room in Harrisburg with Derek. And I, I met him actually, I was playing a party. Um, it was like just a house party up in okay. Palmyra. <laughs> and, um, and there was a guy there and he, he went by Jimmy the Bugman. And he's, he literally is an exterminator. And he like he did like the work. I know this is so random. He did the work for the green room, just like maintaining and like their their you know their greenery flowers and all that stuff sure. like around the uh -huh. building, right? So he had recording time because then he just exchanged recording time for his work. So mm -hmm. that's like he had all this hours and hours of recording time because he was also a musician but he came up to me and I did that cover that night of in the air tonight and he said have you recorded any of your music I'm like no I haven't you know I'm not at all and so he said I want to give you my recording time at the green room but my only deal is you need to record the cover of in the air tonight that I heard tonight Get out. yeah so I was like <laughs> deal yeah I'll do it you know so wow. that's that's so, how that came about <laughs> so that cover is all thanks to jimmy the Bugman. yeah jimmy the Bugman. <laughs> yeah hey, jimmy i mean jimmy uh if you're looking to advertise here just give us a call yeah i i'm gonna make sure i tag him in this yeah. he's a great guy yeah. yeah make sure you do that um also too um you know i don't want to i don't want to miss out on this as well but you do talk about uh mental health and how mm. it has played a role in your life and uh, and one of the things you talk about is social anxiety, panic disorder, um, you know, the self ridiculing, the fear of failure, and and all that. Um, you know, tell me how you are doing with uh, controlling that, knowing the business that you're in. Let's face it, you're in a business where you're going to fail a lot along with your successes. So how do you handle all this? Thanks for bringing that up, because that's definitely something that is very close to my heart. And I try to be as transparent as I can, because mm -hmm. I think that there's a lot on social media, especially where sure. we can put this persona up that like, everything's great. My life is incredible. And we're really internally or what's actually going on is you're just feeling this inner turmoil. And so. I try my best to be as transparent as I can now with that. Um, and that kind of came up for me, um, you know, just over time, I didn't realize what I was going through mentally and until it, it hit me. And then I was having right. panic attacks and I didn't know where it was coming from. I, I, I just got like swarmed with it. And I think it was confusing for me because I've always from a young age been like the positive, happy, smiling one. 
And I, I love that. And I love making people happy and I love spreading that. But then I realized that whenever that was all I was trying to do was live for, you know, making other people happy. I wasn't focusing on what was going on inside. So then I, in turn, wasn't able to do what I was initially trying to do anyway, Okay. You know, because it wasn't authentically happening. And so unfortunately there's been tragedies in my family due to mental health and the lack of mm-hmm. care for it. Mm-hmm. And that's when I realized I really wanted to be open and just talk about it. Like we talk about our physical health and I've been going to therapy now for years. And that is one of the most, um, the best decisions mm-hmm. that I've made in my life to, to do that. And I, at first I thought it was a lot of uh, weakness, not being able to handle it, you mm-hmm. know, life and mm-hmm. the challenges it brings. But I realized as I was sitting there that it actually, it takes a lot of strength to face yeah. your it, it does. And, and Howie, you, you always bring up a stat that I, I don't remember what it is now, but you say that at least one in every three oh, people. Yeah, one out, of, yeah, one out yeah. of every four of us has a mental yeah. health diagnosis. Wow. So, so think about that. One out of every four in the United States has a mental health diagnosis. And, uh, and I think the reason why we don't bring it up as much is because obviously the stigma that gets associated mm-hmm. with, and I even heard you say it, you know, you felt weak. And a lot of that has to do with how people perceive mental health in general. Mm -hmm. And uh, the fact that you're willing and able to talk about it and the more you get known and get out there, uh, the better off, you know, we'll be able to deal with things like this because you're, you're not afraid to address it. And that's awesome. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm so glad. Like I just, this whole point of me, like even doing music and why I feel driven is you know, I know that God's putting me through experiences in my life for a reason. And mm-hmm. I just feel like he's given me the gift of music for a reason. So mm-hmm. I just feel like it would be doing a disservice if I don't honor the two. And, you know, hopefully people can feel not as alone, you know, through my experiences, um, yeah. if I can remain open. Yeah. yeah, I think a lot of musicians, comedians, actors, entertainers, a lot of them, the way they deal with their mental illnesses is by um, bringing it out in whatever platform they're in, whether it be songwriters or singers in their music or comedians in their stand-up acts or whatever it is. And, and I think it's it's how you'd probably know more about this. Well, obviously you will know more about this than I do, but it, it's almost a form of therapy just to get it out. Maybe it's not talking to directly. Yeah. Yes. And, and it's, it's a way to kind of get it off your mind, get it off your chest without maybe saying it directly, you know? Yeah. And I think so. there's something too about just like belting it out. It's like you're you're able to like yell in a very constructive way <laughs> while <laughs> it all out, you know? Yeah. So so how do you deal with this specifically? Like are there specific coping skills or things that you do on a daily basis that kind of address and if I if I looked at it correctly, are you officially diagnosed with panic disorder, if you don't mind saying? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's actually, I didn't even know it was a thing. Um, I just thought that I would get really like anxious. I was like, I don't know, but then I'm like, you know, I'm not able to breathe. It's actually debilitating. (laughs) And so I didn't know that until I was in therapy, you know, kind of recognizing what was going on. Sure. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's awesome. Like I said, it's, it's, it's great that you're able to address it and not, not only that, but you acknowledge it. So, and, uh, and I'm sorry if I missed it, but did you like, how, how do you cope with? Yeah, I don't think I did touch on it. Um, so I've been, I've tried a lot of different things, like so many different things. I probably like, there was like a tapping method. I don't know if you've heard of that or like, I've tried so many things, but what has worked for me now over the years, I mean, I still, I still on a daily basis struggle a lot with the anxiety part of things. Sure. And, you know, social anxiety is really interesting because I love connecting with people. And like, there's this piece of me that absolutely loves it. And when I'm on stage, I'm like, this is awesome. But if I would go into a crowd of like, like if I have to go into the crowded bar or like walk through it and then it's like, it's so, it's so weird. And I think that's why I struggled with really acknowledging that that's what was going on was because I always like prided myself in being like a people person. I'm like, yeah, I'm a people person. You know, I was a hairstylist. I love making people feel good, like all that stuff. But like I said, you know, when I didn't acknowledge what was actually going on, I wasn't able to do it anyway. So what I found now though, you know, aside from acknowledging what was going on, is really taking the time each morning to meditate and pray. Like, do I have a devotional? So I have, I love the Calm app. It's amazing. Uh, So have you heard of it? I have. Yeah, Yeah, we actually get it. We actually get it free through my work as well. So yeah. What? That's amazing. I do. I love it. So like, there's this one, like investigating anxiety. Cause like, sometimes your body's just screaming out like, Hey, listen to me. And so when you do, sometimes it feels good, but you know, doing a lot of meditation and I do a daily devotional. And then at the end of the day, I do a reflection on the calm app and, you know, the three things I'm grateful for and just to kind of close out the day and try to stay grounded. Okay. Um, but that's what's helped me a lot. Oh, that's awesome. Well, thank you for being honest and open about that. I appreciate Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, so another, another way we can help her though, is by going to cpmhof.com slash awards. That's right. By voting for her for best female country artist. Uh, obviously these are awards based in the central Pennsylvania area here. Um, how, how did you get notified you were on that list and how did you get on the list? How did you even get a chance to be nominated to begin with, I guess? Yeah, it, I'm like, I was so blown away. I woke up and I got like text messages from my friends. They're like, hey, did you see this came out? And so <laughs> I, what they did, so Brandon Valentine, he's part of actually Cold Spring Union. He's the drummer in their band, which they're mm-hmm. an incredible band. If, if you are looking for more musicians to talk to. <laughs> okay. But um, Brandon, he started the Central Pennsylvania Music Hall of Fame. Oh. And he is doing such incredible things and he'd be a great person you know just to connect you with a lot of other musicians too Mm -hmm. um but so he you know this central pennsylvania music hall of fame put out this thing a while ago saying if you want to nominate any of your favorite local artists for a category or whatever you know make sure you submit it to this and so that was a little while ago and i guess people had nominated uh, me for these categories which was such an honor that is awesome. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's, it's kind of weird because, um, it, you know, when we, when we uh, put it out there that we were going to have you, I've actually had a few friends of mine uh, message me. It's like, oh, I got to see her sing at this place or that place. And uh, no. 
And I saw like on your Facebook page that you're mutual friends with a couple people. And, and one of those people is the ones that reached out to me. And she was like, yeah, I saw her at the rising sun. Oh, and, that's uh, so cool. So, yeah. So uh, yeah, they're definitely aware of you. And um, is, is your latest song that you put out there, my way back home, is that the latest? So the latest one's actually Body Will Break, but the okay. one before that was My Way Back Home, yeah. Okay, and I have a question about that one because, first of all, it's it's a great song. It sounds Thank great. You. I love your voice in it. Thank and, you. Um, but but the bigger question I have for this is, um, who's, who's a 69 Dodge Charger is that? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> oh, my Uncle George. He's going to love this. I'm going to make sure I send it to him. Okay, good, yep. good. We were because... talking, so in the beginning, there's that burnout, and I'm going to admit it, I didn't do the burnout. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I watch it. I was like, oh, I like this car. Right? You know? Like, <laughs> yeah. So awesome. Yeah, because I knew it had to be from someone local because I saw the PA tags on the back as it's oh, yeah. spinning off. And I'm like, oh, okay, I need to ask you about this. Yes, and, and then, he, uh, he yeah. loves his cars, man. Oh, I bet he does. I bet he does. That's a nice one. So oh, it's yeah. awesome. So, well, uh, since you brought it up, Howie, let's, I, I love kind of peeking behind the curtain of the songwriting process and kind of what's going through your mind. Uh, and I love how you did that with the uh, body will break. So let's kind of dive into it with my way back home here as well. Uh, where yeah, were you at? And to. yeah, where were you at? And what kind of inspired this song for you? So this song actually was never going to be recorded, to be honest, mm. except mm. for my husband was at the studio whenever I was recording with Mitch Dane at Sputnik Sound. He did my Your Heart of Gold EP. Okay. So we were only going to record five songs for that EP. And my husband was there when we were going through all the content that I had and deciding on what we wanted to do. And he said to Mitch, he's like, you got to hear this one song. And I was like, dude, I don't like that song that much. Like, I feel like it wasn't like, I don't know. It just was cheesy or something. I can't remember the reasoning behind it, but I was like, no, I don't want to, I don't want to do that song. And Mitch is like, no, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Why not? So Mitch goes, all right, we're recording six songs. Just put it out what? as a single later. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. I, it yeah, does, that was really cool. Yeah, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure what you didn't like about it. It's a very catchy song. I like yeah. it a oh, lot. Thank you. I love the video too. Yeah. I'm assuming all the pictures that you're hanging up on the wall are your family members. Yes. So I wanted to make this because it's literally called My Way Back Home. Mm -hmm. So I was born and raised in Palmyra, Pennsylvania, but my extended family and my parents are from uh, like the Altoona area, specifically oh, mm -hmm. like Crescent and Loretto. I don't know if you guys know. I don't know that area, but I know Altoona. Yeah. So it's up in the mountains. And that's where my extended family's from. And that was a place that really did contribute a lot to who I am now. And mm -hmm. so I wanted to kind of honor every piece of the people and the place, like the places that made me who I am. And so that barn that those pictures are hung is actually my pap's barn and where my dad grew up and worked on the farm with his oh, dad. So, yeah. And actually my, my pap has since passed, but the people Aww. that are renting the home we know them and they're like, yes, come like record this. And so they were so, so nice. And um, 
so it, it was just really cool. But the people that are on that barn um, are a lot of my family members. But we were talking before we started recording the show. Um, my guitar teacher is actually mm -hmm. brothers with Matt Creter, who owns Creter's yep. Guitar Shop. His yep. name was Steve Creter. So yep. that's who I took my lessons from. I, I probably took lessons from him, maybe from sixth grade until my mm. senior year of high school. Um, so it was such an incredible um, mentorship that he really like gave me. And, and a little side note story that I love telling because I just, I wanna give Steve all the praise. And unfortunately my senior year, he passed away um, mm -hmm. from some heart issues. So um, that was, something that has also very much influenced um, me wanting to use my music um, to raise awareness and to help and make a difference. But mm -hmm. um, he, I almost quit playing the guitar in eighth grade. Oh. And I said to him, I was playing basketball all the time and I was doing yeah. all these sports and I, I called him up. I remember I was crying on the phone. I'm like, I have to quit. I can't, I can't do all these things. I have practice this night. I have games. I said, I'm I'm overwhelmed. I can't, I can't keep doing this. And he's, he refused to let me quit. <laughs> he's like, no. <laughs> he says, you're not quitting. He's like, right. absolutely not. So he met with me like on Wednesday nights, he finished taking lessons with everybody else. And then he'd go in, have dinner with his wife. And then he'd come back out at eight 30 and give me a guitar. Get out. Yeah. Oh, it was incredible. So, cool. so without his <laughs> kindness, I wouldn't be here. Oh, didn't he? He had his own band at one point, right? Didn't he? Yes, yes. Yeah, I thought the um, Crater Band or something, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. All, yeah. all around locally, they're so yeah. good. Like he's an incredible, like mind blowing, and so is his brother Matt. Like, yeah, so good. Which, speaking of, if we can just give a shout out to everyone, Absolutely. the Crater's Guitar Shop is up yep. for a CPMA for best yes. music or instrument shop. Yeah, best. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yep. Most. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Man. And I don't. And uh, yeah, they're still at the same old spot in uh, Jonestown, PA, right there, right on, right on the square of Jonestown. Yeah. Um, yeah. There. By I'll the tell way, you, you can go into that shop, and you will see a picture of my son when he was four years old. Uh, he was the youngest person to ever take lessons at Creators. No way. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's so cool. Yeah. He learned to yep. read music before he could. Uh, Read, read a book yeah <laughs> yeah i still can't read music oh wow <laughs> yeah no it's awesome and, and it all has to do with that shop honestly yeah like you know they're really good people yeah they are very good people so yeah so everybody um, go vote for them yes, <laughs> and you yeah, of course oh, thanks. Well. <laughs> uh our, our friend nick knight is on there as well go vote for him yes. yeah um so yeah, let's just wrap things up here with you then. Uh, just go over your uh, stuff here again. Olivia Fairball official on Instagram. Olivia Fairball on TikTok. Fairball music at on Twitter. Uh, obviously, just search for her on YouTube and Facebook and find all her stuff there. And the website is oliviafairball.com. Um, I think that's kind of everything we wanted to touch on at this point, Howie. Anything else you got? Yeah, I'm just uh, I'm just so happy to see, you know, you're moving in the direction you're going and uh, and really best wishes down there in Nashville. Uh, are you living outside of Nashville or actually I know you said on a farm, basically, but uh, is it outside of Nashville or? Yeah, so it's like I don't know if you've heard of like the Mount Juliet area. Yeah. 
so we're like 30 minutes from the city so we're kind of just tucked outside mm-hmm. okay. which it's kind of nice because we get away from the hustle and bustle and like sure. crazy city life we know we're not city slickers so <laughs> it, it was really nice to be able to have this yeah. farm and in this area that's awesome but, yeah so yeah definitely best wishes out there yeah thank you One so more- much i i just want to thank you guys again for a, having me on here, but just your guys' positivity and your vibe and just what you're doing for music and musicians. And we just so appreciate it. So thank you. Oh, sure. Yeah, th- thank you. And and I wanted to tell you one more thing. Um, but by Howie putting you in touch with Taylor Marie Wagner, uh, who made one of my dreams come true, I said, there's got to be a time and point in our show when we get together with some of our musician friends that we meet on here that they collaborate on something. So ah, I'm hoping yes. everything I'm, I'm hoping everything works out great with you and Taylor writing something that would be awesome. Oh yeah, and definitely make sure you bring up about her love for the Lancaster area and Arkansas. Uh, <laughs> I definitely will. I know we're gonna have a lot to talk about over coffee now if we talk about Abs- Amish. Uh, <laughs> Amish. Yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So again, Olivia Faribault, uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, go to our website, oliviafaribault.com, and. Um, that's all I have. Hit up her latest signals. Thank we'll be you. adding some. We'll be adding some of her music to our Spotify list as well. I always put a Spotify list out of some of our artists that we talk to, so I'll add some of your songs to that as well. So thank you so much. That's all I have. Thank yeah. you. We hope to chat with you again <laughs> soon. Yes, that would be awesome. Thank yeah. you guys so much. Not a problem. Before you go, uh, would you be able to give us a quick bumper like, uh, "Hey, this is Olivia Farabaugh, and you're listening." to uh stay tuned with troy and howie something along yeah absolutely all right so as soon as you're ready i'll let you go at it hey this is olivia Fairbaugh. this is wait stay wait this is what you're listening to is that what kind of like a radio yep yep just like radio however you want to do it you know honestly whatever you can you can put your own twist on it if you want yeah okay hang out with me on is this going to be like an advertisement it's kind of like uh, a like a five to ten second buffer it, to it's, like it's, it's, open it's, a show. Like, yeah, it's a generic oh, okay. it's a it's a generic bumper that we use to be, be before our shows start. So okay. like it might not always it might not necessarily be played on the episode you're on. It might be other episodes we have as well. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you want to gear it too personally towards you know this interview. Okay. But, but just in so, general, so like if it yeah. plays on other interviews that we do. Okay, so I'll just say. Olivia Farabaugh, listening, or you're listening to Stay Tuned with Troy and Howie. Yep, yep, something like that. Okay, because I did it for a radio thing, and I'm like, okay, that makes sense. I know this is a podcast, but it's also a visual, so I didn't know if that was weird to say. Well, we own this part of the visual won't be um, recorded. Yeah, we own. We only do the interview part on YouTube. We don't do the rest of our um, opening and closing and stuff like that on YouTube. It's literally just the interview portion. Yeah. So the oh, part okay. you're gonna the part you're gonna say here is just gonna be. I'm only going to extract the audio and yes. put that. Okay, I get it now. That's perfect. All right, let me try again. All right. Okay. This is Olivia Farabaugh, and you are listening to Stay Tuned with Troy and Howie. Awesome. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> thank you so much hey yeah yes, thank you guys with you this Man. was so great i really just i can't thank you guys enough for 